Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage, live outrage. from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about, time for Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters. Good morning, San Luis. Here we are. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters. Saturday. Morning, everyone. We got Jason Grody here, the star host, and I'm Mike Points. Star host. <laughs> uh, it's feeling like fall outside. I love it. It was kind of misty. Yeah. Yeah, was misty. I used my wipers the whole way today. Wow. Kind of felt awesome. like California rain. Coming down. Yeah, yeah right. Isn't that kind of crazy, though, on Interstate 5? Yeah, that was wild. That was wild. And the traffic oh yesterday on the 101 was impressive because of that closure. Should well, we really the traffic hear? on the back roads was impressive getting home. Oh, here. my gosh. It was Actually, so horrible. Yeah. I literally, uh, so I live over past Tank Farm and Broad, mm-hmm. coming from the Bay Area yesterday, get the news at like 10 i5 is closed i'm like oh this will be great this is gonna be a good day and uh gilroy slammed get to the 46 slammed everything in between was perfect um i'm like i'm gonna take johnson avenue yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna Slam. show all these people <laughs> there was a stop sign <laughs> both yeah. ways where orchid meets johnson and it looked like the end of the world people were out of their cars really like gal was given water some girl knocked on my window would you like a water i'm like seriously do you have a helicopter it took me an hour <laughs> to drive the back road from eight sandless to ag yesterday yeah an hour that's like la traffic yeah every day could you imagine <laughs> how long is your commute uh three miles in an hour yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nuts that's yeah, why that's why i live here fun yeah 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 i had to go <laughs> i i was up at our new atascadero office yesterday and Around a little after lunchtime, it was just before one. Yeah, I drove down to slow and it took me 45 minutes to get to slow. And I was like, oh, that's kind of impressive, right? And then, uh, when I went home last night, boy, going up the grade, it was busy, busy. Long, a sea of red. Oh, yeah, a yeah. sea of red. Yeah, the whole way. Yeah. What well, I'll say this though here's, <laughs> here's the silver lining I'm sitting on the grade, yeah, I take the grade probably twice a week. And I'm just driving. Normally, I just drive home. And I'm sitting on the grade, literally in a parking lot. And it is such a beautiful view when you look down at San oh, Luis from the top yeah. as it just opens up. And I'm like, man, I'm so glad I live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so cool. Well, there you go. Talk, let's talk about how other people can live here, right, Jay? <laughs> right. I'll give you a clue off the air about how you can avoid the grade traffic, but we don't need to let Oh, really? Know. Okay. That'll yeah. be interesting. I you may not even know about it. That'll be interesting. We might get a call in for that. I bet you don't even know about it. Really? All right. This is like a back. This is a. This is a. He's an emergency back road. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm in. All right. This isn't. This isn't like straddle the railroad tracks and punch it though, right? No. (laughs) I've seen that movie. Not not quite. (laughs) Not not quite. It's close, but not quite. Right. All right. Well, I'm we, in. Got a, we got a pretty hot show today, Jay. We yeah. Got, we got a couple guests coming through the middle of the show. Um, we've got Plaster Title here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna save the names and intros for when they you get sure it's here. not Placer? No, I'm pretty sure it's Placer. I'm from Southern California. Placer title. I don't know. Placer. Placer. Uh, Placer. Uh 
Carmel and Nakasha, an estate planning attorneys here. Uh, we're Both? Talk, oh, yeah. We're going to talk about um, what so many people don't realize is how they vest in their property, how they hold title, and the ramifications of that, the risks, uh, the right way to do it, maybe the wrong way to do it. A little education. Oh. And, and that'll be... Did you get schooled up this week? Did you oh, learn yeah. a little bit? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like we've been doing everything right? Well, well... Here's what happens, and tell me if I'm wrong, Jay. You're in a transaction. You've you've literally taken this either new buyer, new first-time home buyer, or maybe not the most educated individual who's bought and purchased a house before, and now they're working with you. We take them through the process from application till the signing, and they get to that point where they're like, "Hey, I'm getting stuff in the mail from Title. What should I do? Right? How should I sign up?" Our answer: Call escrow. We're that's not what we do. But well, it sure is nice to have a little bit of an understanding. Yeah, you know? and I, I mean, the right answer is, and I know you've experienced this in the office, but the right answer is we can't give that advice. That's right. And um, I mean, but that sucks when it you're in when of. when you're in a transaction with somebody and they're clearly, you know, your Sherpa. Yeah. And all of a sudden they said, hey. How about this form? I got to fill out the preliminary change of ownership and it wants me to answer all these questions and then also name how it is I want to take title. And you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm going to help you with everything. But in that, good good luck. The mm -hmm. form with the words you don't understand mm -hmm. and phrasing you're not familiar with, you're going to just be able to bang that out. Uh, right. That I never love that. Um, mm -hmm. I usually do err on the side of explaining to my clients, those first-time home buyers. Not when the form's in their hand, um, but before that, I, I like That's to have good. a conversation with them about, hey, in all of your research and your studying up, because clients today, they like to get online, right? And they're reading about this and they're oh, studying yeah. up on oh, that. Yeah. And some of it's really helpful, some of it not. But I tell them, hey, go down the rabbit hole of looking at um, different ways to vest. Is you guys, are you going to try to be joint tenants? Are you going to be community property? Do you want to be husband and, and wife with the right of survivorship? Mm -hmm. There's going to be mm -hmm. a lot of options for you. And unfortunately, most every professional in your transaction is going to tell you that they can't advise you on this topic. But if you already kind of know enough about it, if you aren't perfectly comfortable, then you'll know that you can get an attorney that would be able to help you with that. That's right. Um but yeah, that that part of it's not that fun. And uh, all right, so we'll talk a bit about that. I don't want to dive all the way into yeah, that right now. It's because, a good you backdrop. Know, That'll be yeah, the middle of the show. Interesting. And I think we should have experts here to tell our listeners how that works. And yeah. Please. Well, and Tom Bordenaro, he's been on the show a handful of times. Uh, one of the things he always says that we all, whenever we have this conversation, we try to remind people of this is... Um, they end up constantly with people that do something and then come to find out it can't be undone, mm. right? If you change title, add somebody, go into a vest uh, or go into a trust, vest with a partner, take a partner off, add a new spouse, any kind of one of these little nuances where you're just like, oh, it's real simple. It's a two-page, three-page dealio and three bucks down at the recorder's office, and I can take care of that. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you can create some significant tax ramifications for yourself without an ability to undo it. You can't just say, hey, we'll time out 
local yeah. government guy. Yeah. I didn't mean to do that. Had I known that's what was going to happen, I wouldn't have done that. And um, there's no way to undo it. So right. it, it is something that I think is a very valuable resource. And um, yeah, I think I think we'll get into that. I think you and I will be helpful during the discussion to bring up situations where lenders now aren't saying, sorry, you cannot we cannot lend you money in that form or in that yeah. vest. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll sprinkle that in. Well, um, how was this week? I mean, I, I was out of the office most of the week dealing with stuff in the Bay Area. Uh, I'll tell you what happened this week. Um, the 10-year bond yield hung out still around 2%. Mm. 2.02 yesterday, so very low. Oh, my. Um, interest rates were good all week. Uh, earlier in the week, I think we saw a little bit of choppy upward pressure on rates um, throughout the week. That all eased up just fine. If you weren't paying very good attention, um, the Dodgers mm. did not advance. DeGrom is good. Yeah, the Mets were pretty good. It's a great series. Yeah. If I was also- reading this morning. I was I was supposed to doing be doing my show research, and I got distracted by a little pop up about the Dodgers payroll. Oh my gosh! And uh, <laughs> you know the comparisons around the league. It was sad. I was I was sad for the Dodger fans. I'm sure you were devastated. Oh, I'm devastated. Long time Giants fan, Mister Giants nothing, fan. Nothing makes me feel more secure in my choices of a baseball team and sitting in a sports bar and watching hundreds of middle-aged men walk out with their heads hanging <laughs> <laughs> you're weird um other things though from this week really was um earlier in the week this week so you know what bear with me for a second i want to dig up i i did the the my standing real estate meeting on tuesday Okay. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about on Tuesday was, again, um, the real estate agents, they care a lot about program changes, right? You know, what's what's new? What's upcoming? You know, how can it benefit my borrower or buyer? Um, and how could it potentially impair my buyer? Um, those are the things we talk about. And of course, affordability is a really big part of it. So we do, we talk a lot about the market update, interest rate stuff. And um, so real short and sweet, I know we talked about this a little bit on the show last week, but um, for your benefit and others, Mike, um, the jobs report for the month of September was not very good. And um, we went, and, and not only was it not very good, but Essentially, what happened was we had um, eight months in a row where we were celebrating that the average jobs created per month was over 200,000. And this is certainly a metric that the Fed watches. They're pumped about it. That's going really well. Keep an eye on everything else. Pretty happy that this, this part of it seems to be running on all cylinders, right? But then... Along came September, and what was disappointing about September um, is that it also came with some substantial downward revisions to July and August. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, So when you take the three months together now, 
the job gains for July, August, and September now average 167000 per month. So we were like cruising this knowledge of great job growth, a really strong, healthy job growth average for the entire year. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's one of the feds, one of the things the feds are watching real close to see when we, when we make this decision to raise rates or not right now, um, what's going on in that part of the economy. And they've been going, that looks really good. So we learned um, in the Fed market meeting minutes that came out for the month of September, and, and, and here's what it said, was that they didn't raise rates, kind of taking a pause on the idea, right? Because it almost felt imminent. I mean, there's been a lot of chatter about how rates are going up. Um, And then what they said was, we're going to take a pause to wait for additional information confirming that the the economic outlook had not deteriorated. So I think the feds probably had a heads up that, yo, we've been counting these numbers and they ain't looking that good. And... um, a jobs report is coming around the bend that's going to either confirm this or um, disprove it. So just sit tight. So the feds waited on it, got a really lackluster job report. Um, many people called it worrying. And um, so then hmm. this week, we've had a little bit more um, to kind of sprinkle on there and have the feds talk about and decide uh, how. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do here? Um, On Monday, I think, Monday or Tuesday, early this week, Mm -hmm. um, two Fed governors, um, Bernard and Tarullo, made some very dovish remarks about, um, you know, basically saying that they would oppose any kind of a rate hike this year. Yeah. Um, and I think most people agree that really December is the last chance that they could raise this year. That being said, we started a little bit of a rally on Tuesday. Um, that news got built in there. Uh, we also learned a little bit. Um, September producer price index came out and the core producer price index. Both were negative. Um, negative a half percent and negative 0.3% respectively. Um, and so, you know, basically what that means is that we have a poor employment report. The retail sector is, I mean, kind of stuck the same, not doing a whole heck of a lot. Um, Energy prices should be helping drive a lot more sales as well as, um, you know, and, and especially not just in in those mandatory purchases, but durable goods, also luxury items. We should see more of that money coming through, um, and we're really just not. Uh, and, you know, it just it makes it feel like things look really sluggish. It it seems like the the general mantra for the fourth quarter here is that everything is sluggish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want to add to that on an international basis. You know, I think what you're touching on, Jay, is really really the core information of of our at home economy. There's seven countries that are in bearish situations right now you know they're down more than 20 percent uh year to date 
on how they produce um, as a as a country. You know, in, amongst that list is Germany. I mean, we thought Germany was a strong strong power over in Europe. And what I why am I saying this? I think at some level, people are thinking, well, they got to raise rates. They got to raise rates, but. If we do that, if we raise rates now, we're going to take a lot of investors overseas and bring their money over here to, to, to invest in our economy. And that's going to hurt the rest of the nation, or excuse me, the rest of the globe. And yeah. I think there's a responsibility there that's kind of underneath. You know, we don't really say it because we're not, as America, we should be thinking of just America, right? But as you know, that's not the case. And that in conjunction with the fact that we're going into the fourth quarter need to kind of figure out what's going to happen in 2016 with interest rates. I just think it's going to be a pass, pass, pass until next year, personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see the, the sort logic. of cautiously agree with you because I remember a similar sentiment around all of these things back when the feds decided to initiate the bond taper. And it was the same kind of thing. I mean, the December jobs report was miserable. Um, we were just about to change the chair from um, to put Yellen in. So um, we, there just it didn't strike me as the obvious time that you would go ahead and announce the pulling of the plug on something. I mean, in retrospect, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal, but. Um, we saw it coming for a while. I mean, the Fed said in May, hey, we're we're looking at doing this. And they essentially tied it to the unemployment rate, which we just watched come closer and closer. And everybody just sort of um, built their, their business models around that. You know, hey, this is coming and it's going to be no good. Um, interest rates started packing in a bunch of fat, getting ready for it. And Every every month, we just waited for them to announce that hey, we're we're going to start to back out of this QE three. And I remember looking at it, just saying, "There's absolutely no way, they're crazy." And I remember wheeling the chair out to the front room of the office and watching the TV when they announced that they were officially tapering that month. And I'm like, uh, unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And um, it was surprising to me for so many reasons. I mean, one of which was the the Fed has been vocally trying to make everybody aware um, that they want to be transparent. They want people to know what's going on. They don't want anything anybody to feel surprised. They don't want the market to feel surprised. And I, so I guess we knew because they said, hey, this is coming. Mm. But each month that they delayed, all you could really do is kind of use the economy as a barometer and decide, have we made the gains they're talking about? And do we feel like we're on ground so firm that we, we could wear this shoe right now? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm telling you, I, I feel strangely similar right now to how those things were. Um, a little bit of the difference here was that's taking money out of, you know, pulling the plug on QE3, which was spending $80 billion a month open-ended, by the way. There was no maximum dollar amount or maximum timeline, but th they were just spending that on bonds and mortgage-backed securities to keep the markets thawed and keep the yields low. A um, little bit different today. You mentioned the, the global economy. 
big deal there. And, and I'm not saying that tongue in cheek at all. That's a big deal. And if the feds raise rates here, you could essentially swamp the boat of some of these other countries that are barely floating yeah. or are possibly in the process of sinking. So I do think there's a little bit different responsibility here to, to be a little bit more cautious about what you do. Kind of just yanking out and, and, and stopping the purchase is different than going ahead and, and raising the interest rate, which a lot of the, you know, business, international business dealings rely on that. And mm -hmm. so um, it'd be really interesting to see how this whole thing shapes up. Um, but I'm telling you, I have no confidence whatsoever that we perfectly understand what the feds are doing. I, I really, yeah. I feel like we could be perfectly blindsided. And so I just, here's a takeaway. I mean, you, you kind of started this segment about saying, um, how can people uh, afford to be here? Well, let me tell you, there's not a lot of things about affordability that you can control. Um, but I was reminded once again this week that interest rates are phenomenally low. Um, I, w I met with a couple from the show and you know, that listen to the show that came on in to talk about a refi and can sit down to it and ask that age old question of should we refi? Mm. Um, and we looked at options that went from three and five eighths to 4% and, um, you know, kind of sizing up what the right balance is between cost and interest rate. But I just, I mean, we, I ended up again feeling like, Hey, look at this. We're talking about interest rates still in the threes. Yeah. And um, uh, what did they have? They have like 4.75 or something. And I'm helping another client this week that has a 5.75. Right. So um, there are still people out there that have interest rates that are higher than what is the current market rate by a lot. I ran some numbers before the show yesterday just in preparation and... 720 credit score, $417,000 loan balance, 3.75 interest rate, no cost to you. That's a booyah. I mean, there's not a lot of reasons why I would say, why are we doing this? The only reason would be like, where, you know, where are you at in your life with the property? Yeah. How long are you going to hold this property? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, point being, there's a lot of people running around that got, interest rates that are higher than they should be. And um, there are people that still have mortgage insurance that shouldn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I said, if you don't know if you qualify or you don't know if you should refi, I, I venture to say that the, um, and I hope so, as I sit with one one of the employees here of the company, um, the the attitude and the desire of our company is really to help people yeah, and not just to hard sell or just thanks for calling now will make you regret it forever. Um, but we, we want to show you what where's the benefit, what can you do, and why should you. And oftentimes the people that come in um, will end up saying, hey, good job for making your checkup appointment here, but you need to just keep on doing what you're doing. That's no, right. no need to redo it today. That's right. We look at it. Um, we feel like we have a fiduciary responsibility. looks like we have a caller. Yeah, let's do that. We've got Brent on the phone here from Morro Bay. Brent, how you doing? Oh, good morning. I'm doing good. I have kind of an oddball question and maybe you guys would know about it. Sure. He locks. Yeah. Okay. And 
So I'm in this, in, or, you know, got this call yesterday, an interesting situation on a piece of property that uh, I have north of here, and there was like a, a anyway, it, it, there was a contractual agreement where I could buy the other party out. And so now I need to buy the party out within 30 days, and it's okay. only 66 grand. Now, what does it take to get a HELOC um, and, not a, and not mortgage it? Yeah. It's such a small amount. Yeah. Um, let me tell you, first of all, the uh, we don't really do lines of credit like that unless you're partnering it with like a new first lien. So we're not going to be a great outfit for you. But that being said, let me tell you what I know about that market. That, that's um, more what I, more, yeah, that's yeah, more you had that kind of thing figured out. I and I um I don't generally love plugging the big banks, but the going to the big banks is really where it's at. Um, most recently, I went to U.S. Bank's website, uh -huh. and they have pretty good information actually about their seconds. They have seconds that are um, fixed and variable. Uh, and they also have open and closed in seconds. It looks like they'll go to a 90% loan to value on um, most any property. So, um, and it looks like it's affordable and inexpensive. I do have a client right now that's going through the process with them and they were told that it would take about a month to do it. So, um, but I also think that's a segment of the market that's getting pretty busy right now. Um, so in, in your case, what you need, um, I would suggest that you, that you go check out union bank. I'm sorry, us bank. I think they're probably going to be the way to do it. And I, and I bet it takes close to a month, but that is the, that's the inexpensive way to do what you need to do, especially if you can get, uh, get it fixed. I mean, the one thing I don't like about variable or lines of credit like that is that they're typically variable. So, uh -huh. but, but. But, I mean, even when you go on your web on their website, you'll see that they have some fixed options available. So, so I would probably need to go get an appraisal first before I even start. No, don't do that. Um, the The laws concerning appraisals have changed so much lately that if you are involved in the appraisal process, it'll have um, that appraisal have no value. That's going to so, be something oh, you just put on yeah, the bank shelf. They the bank are going to yep. They're yeah. going to organize it. You're still going to pay for it, but it's going to go through an appraisal management company that right. creates a little uh, anonymity so that the I, appraiser can't be colluded with. Um, and yeah, it, make sure, and that, that, that's a great reminder to everybody listening. So many times people are like, well, I know I'm going to need an appraisal. So they get one and then they bring it in and we're like, oh, I wish you didn't waste 500 bucks on that because we're going to now have to duplicate that work. However, uh, one side point does make sense if you're looking at an estate and potentially liquidating an estate to get an idea of the value of the sure. property prior to, so the siblings can all sit down, but yeah, still we're going to have to yeah. order, order our own appraisal in the transaction, whether it's a refi or purchase. Yep. Hey, Brent. So another, another thing on your interest rate deal. Yeah. So don't you think that the low interest rates are creating their own economic challenge? I know that, you know, I listen to you every week and you're all about the low interest rates, but don't you think it's actually kind of um, overall yeah, in, in it, essence, hurtful. Totally, and that the I do. Raising of interest rates actually would be um, prudent, a benefit. Yeah, I do, and it, it's it funny, seems like to me when, that the that, that the, how, the high housing prices are based on the low, the cheap money, but it also restricts 
you know, savings and invest. You know, people aren't going to save when they can't get anything for their money, whereas yep. the higher interest rates. But it seems that it, the low interest rates in real estate, who it mainly helps is government entities because it makes housing artificially higher, which makes property taxes matching the artificial um, height of the of the cost of housing. Right. Yeah. Whenever I talk about the rate thing, I... I do. I kind of cringe a little bit and I try to remind myself. So hopefully I'm pretty good at it. Is I, I try to remind people as soon as I say it that it's you may as well attempt to benefit from it if you can um, by having a lower rate because it's um, I don't think it's a great thing that we've had rates this low for this long. And at the same time, you're right. When these rates go up, it's going to change affordability for some people. Um, and I do, I think it has a potential to have some impact on property values, you know, maybe even downward, although around here we have such demand. I'm not, I don't know where that higher rate is where people start going, you know what, I'm going to rent because even the rents around here are astronomical. But, um, yeah, I, I do. I think we're addicted to low interest rates. I do. I think it's hampering our economy. We could have a long conversation about a lot of the, the, not only the government and the way that they benefit from it, but also, um, you know, segments of our population that I think would be doing an awful lot better if we had some encouragement to save, um, Financial you know, sector, yeah, sure. it's definitely a, a dual edged sword. I'm in the business of home loans though. And so I'm going to, I'm going to market the fact that, you know, you, much of this you can't control, but if you have a higher interest rate, um, come on in and get a lower one and hopefully no, no, I, I get that just that's a smart business what yeah, you guys are doing i, I get that i'm just advantage. saying on the on the overall yeah. economy you, you show this concern about raising it and it might hurt the economy but i'm thinking don't you think in the long term it's probably one of the most helpful things that yeah i do and, and the reason i think that it's such a hair trigger and they're so concerned about it as we all should be as well is you know is the economy strong enough now i mean what what does that 20 trillion dollars debt mean and especially at at higher rates if we're going to end up if we can't have a balanced budget to where we're going to need to debt finance an ability to make the current payments on this stuff this 20 trillion dollars that we've got out um mm -hmm. in a couple years we could find ourselves all the way back where we started from, where everything seems to be in the toilet and we can't get anything right, but we're $20 trillion in the hole on top of it. That's the... With a, with a, with a higher interest rate. Yeah, with a higher interest rate. And so I think right now what we have is that, you know, the feds are just trying to get tools back in the bag so that they're ready to deal with the next little cycle here and I do I think that it's a it is a little touchy here about when they push them up and how it works and whether or not everybody panics and runs away again you know we we scared so many people into believing that real estate was a terrible investment and that everybody who did it just must be filled with regret and for a long time there um, we were selling houses for less than what the materials were worth and so, well, no, it's, at, but but at one time we were selling them. Uh, you know, like I said, housing prices didn't double. Money got twice as easy to get, and right. we saw how that worked out. Yeah, um, totally. Not, you know, and, and you know, housing was never supposed to be a business industry. It was a people that built widgets bought houses, and and 
it seems that we've gone away from allowing people to build widgets to where we've turned this, where housing is an industry in itself, which was never really supposed to be. You it was bet. Supposed to be to ha- hey, Brent. It was supposed to be to house widget builders. Brent, you're a great caller today. we got to <laughs> take a break. we got to let our sponsors talk for a sec, if you don't mind. And uh, we'd, lo- we'd love to have you call back any of these other weekends. Let's get into this stuff. But we're right at a point in the show where we got to take a commercial break. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Our loans are not trucked in from some big bank. They're raised right here on the Central Coast. No hormones, no GMOs, no antibiotics. Call today and get your gluten-free mortgage from a caring lender that knows you only accept the best for your family. Just call Central Coast Lending. Refi or refinance a home. Just call 543 Loan. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics, chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. (laughs) 
Okay, we are back. Welcome back to Mortgage Matters, Saturday morning, October 17th. We have our guests here now we're going to be chatting with for the next hour. And uh, if you were listening in the beginning, great. But if you weren't, we're going to talk about quite a few things today regarding escrow, title, how to vest properly when owning a property. And I've got here with me Rosanna from Placer Title. She's an escrow officer. Um, and I actually had a chance to meet her earlier this week. She's going to be very helpful for this for this conversation. And I also have with us Dallas Mosier from Carmel and Nakasha. And what's nice about this, listeners, is so many times we get into the conversation where you can only get so far without having an attorney present. So we brought that attorney here for you today. Make sure if and and Mike's paying the uh, hourly rate, so yeah, everybody correct. else gets the benefit of that. Right. So let's make sure we get them out of here right at ten forty-two. <laughs> No, but uh, listeners, we, we do want you to call in if you have questions. Uh, vesting is always something that's on your mind, can be confusing. The call-in number is 543-8830. Again, 543-8830. So let's begin. Uh, welcome. Welcome, Rosanna. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm here from representing Placer Title, but really want to inform you as to escrow. And just to real quickly just give you, for those of you that aren't too familiar, but most of you homeowners are, um, escrow is the neutral third party. So when you're entering into escrow, that's what you're going to um, get with your escrow officer. Escrow is a service which provides the public with the means of protection in handling of the funds, documents, and the tasks specific to your settlement um, based on your purchase contract and your settlement agreement as when you end into the escrow. Again, as I mentioned, we're the third party. We accept the funds and documents. We place them into escrow. Again, we hold the items. We're also now known as the settlement agent. So it's our duty to assure that no funds or property will change hands until all the instructions have been carried uh, to completion. We're your facilitators. Kind of the nutshell of Yeah. It's that lovely service that prevents the seller from saying, okay, you drop the money and I'll drop the title. One, <laughs> two, three, it's go. It's got to go somewhere. <laughs> hey, you took the money and didn't give up the title. Take right. and run, yeah. This no. title has a bunch of other documents attached to it. What are all these? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. It's important. It's important to have that. And so many times I, I honestly, Rosanna, feel this like sigh of relief. Phew. Thank God I don't have to also know this. I can, when the buyer asks, you know, I, I got, we got the appraisal and, um, you know, uh, I've, I've got this question about an easement and all these things where you guys kind of, you guys do that in conjunction with us getting the loan ready? We do, yes. We take care of your title. That's why, um, again, with the escrow and title, having it there together, we take care of doing the title search. We'll let you know some of these definitions that you're going to come across, go over your title search uh, with you. Again, we're neutral. We represent buyer and seller, so we're there for both of the parties. Excellent. Excellent. And Dallas Mosier is here from Carmel and Nakasha. Dallas, just tell us a little bit about your firm and how you're involved in the community yeah, Mike, our, our firm has uh, been around for the last 10 years, Carmel and Nakasha. We do a number of different types of work, a large number of projects in real estate, land use development. We're doing business deals for people locally. Um, and one of the big things is here a lot of times a business deal or a real estate deal or even a family matter is going to involve real estate. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. a lot of our projects do involve real estate and we, we're using title companies and escrow 
to make sure that, you know, whether it's uh, somebody selling their, their building or their business um, along with the building, um, we'll use escrow to make sure, look, there's somebody in the middle that takes care of making sure that the title gets to the right person, it gets recorded, and that also the money gets to the right person and everybody gets paid. So there's no chance of somebody walking away with uh, out paying or without signing. Right, right. Right. And in addition to doing all that, Rosanna, don't you offer a, a level of assurance or a policy? Yes, we do. Um, there's title insurance. And a lot of people are thinking we want to mention that it's not the same as your homeowner's insurance. Um, what That's you know, yeah, so yeah. It, it is. It's the title insurance. And sometimes there are problems that could be found in the public record. So we need to actually go out and do search. A lot of people think, well, I can just go to the county, search the records and come up with who owns it and what documents are there. But you're only going to get certain documents that are recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title insur- insurance covers you for any claims and legal fees that arise out of problems with the title on the property. The title insurance protects you um, from challenges in your legal ownership to the property, which could result from liens, encroachments, encumbrances, uh, back taxes it may be due, mechanic liens, or just even other matters. Right. Mm -hmm. And the policy, it'll defend the title against lawsuits um, or reimburse for actual monetary losses up to the title policy amount. Um, and buyers of real estate property, you'll want to protect your investment um, and the ownership to the title policy. We offer lenders policy for refinance transactions, yep. Yep. owners policies for the homeowners purchasing. Uh, we also provide the title policies for commercial, mobile homes. So there's various type of title policies that, um, that we do depending on your transaction. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times... Jay, you could second me. You're, you know, you got a quite quite a bit more encounters with with transactions than I do. But the buyer sits down and says, "Oh my gosh, what are all these closing costs? You know, like why do I have to pay for these things?" And we try to tell them in in a very direct, very like, uh, should I say, um, you know, non opinionated way mm-hmm. that title policy is a is a big deal. You should have it. But at the end of the day. <laughs> All that money that we're going to wire into your account, you're not going to get it if you don't get the lender policy title. That that's correct because your lender, right? That's correct. Your lender, if you're purchasing and getting a loan, you're refinancing and getting the loan. That lender, before they're going to give that money to us in escrow, they want to make sure that we make sure that there's going to be a title insurance policy um, attached uh, when we complete the transaction. And it's going to, again, ensure the lender in the position. So if they're going to loan money and they want to make sure they're in what we call first position, that we've cleared the search, we make sure that there's no other um, loans out there. Or if so, we got to make sure we take care of those through the escrow transaction so that your lender is in that first position. Mm -hmm. This is coming up more and more lately, but um, the seller's policy being Mm -hmm. optional yeah, there's... I mean, we don't require it on all of our transactions when it's written into the contract that it's supposed to be provided. Um, we, you know, it needs to be accounted for and we like to have that. But what's the point? And why is it optional? So and what it is, and I've been talking to a lot of the real estate um, agents in our community also to explain these, the owners and the lenders policy. Uh, so, for example, with that owner's policy that we're talking about that now could be optional, for you as the buyer, you want to be protected. Make sure that when you purchase that 
property, that there is going to be a policy uh, provided to you, which is going to ensure you that all of the seller's existing liens are cleared. So for example, the seller may not know that someone put a lien against his property. He may have some contractor that came and did work and not know that, I don't know, disgruntled person or just something that didn't get paid. And you don't have to know about it until a title uh, search is done. And then you'll come across that there's this lien. So if you're the buyer out there and you're going to say, well, I don't want the title insurance. And then lo and behold, someone comes knocking at your door later claiming that they put a lien. That's correct. Um, There's uh, same thing. If you're purchasing property and uh, you're going to do some improvements, concrete the backyard or whatever it may be, put a swimming pool in. If you don't know what those easements are and where some of the boundaries are, again, you don't have that title insurance. If you've got the neighbor coming and saying that you've uh, over encroached and done things uh, against wow. uh, the property. So there's many reasons yeah, for that's the buyer, problematic. right, um, that you want to make sure you get that uh, title insurance. That's a good point. Uh, Dallas, you probably yeah. see a lot of that. Yeah. Plus, one of the biggest things that a lot of people don't realize is if you don't have the title insurance or the policy, then there's a dispute that arises. You get to pay your own lawyer to defend yourself, even though you're right. So it's going to cost you money to go after the other person. Where so the title lawsuits. Yeah. So the title policy is going to step in and it's going to provide the lawyers to defend you. It's going to make sure that there's one money there to go after to fix the problem, mm-hmm. but two, mm-hmm. it's going to make sure that you're not coming out of pocket for. Mm-hmm resolving the issue. So uh, a lot of times we'll get involved if there isn't a title policy or just before there becomes a dispute, our office will kind of help, you know, figure things out and make sure that there's not um, an escalation of the issues. But yeah, if there's, you know, if it looks like the people aren't going to have resolve it on their own or the money's not going to transfer, they're not going to resolve the liens that are later discovered, then you're not chasing down some person that sold their house to you Right. A number of years ago and the policy's just there and it's you know Right. Again, you're not paying lawyers, so I think a lot of people are yeah, happy about that. One day you hear a knock at the door, open the door, someone says, Hey, I was never paid off through the transaction. I'm owed eighty five thousand dollars at a lien on the Jones's house. Your response is gonna be go talk to Placer Title. <laughs> <laughs> Let me give you yeah. the number. Yeah. Or or you you wouldn't have to then hire an attorney, you would just get in touch with the, the title company. Yeah, the title company would have their own panel of insur- of, of attorneys, so sometimes they'll hire local okay. counsel to, okay. to handle that kind of thing. But um, really, you know, you should be, if somebody comes to you with a potential claim mm-hmm. on, a, on a policy or on property, you need to tender that demand to the title um, okay. company because if you, there's deadlines and time periods where they have to come in and you can't settle a correct, case correct. first and then go, Good oh, point. hey, I settled this case and now you have to pay. That's not how the policy works. They they need to be involved in the settlement uh, to make sure that they can agree to it, that, look, maybe the, the person did get paid and it got put in the wrong account. Good. So they come in and they'll vet the claim right. before they just pay out. You can't solve it on your own and then go to the insurance and say, hey, by the way, I solved this thing and you insured me and now you got to pay. Right. Yeah, that's correct if I can add too, because we've had things before with the title insurance policy um, where the title company has to step in and take care of the claim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe we missed something in the search that we didn't disclose. So um, that's where in we tell people, come back, let us know. We're going to research and see what we've done and take care of any claims that may arise from the title. Right. Mm -hmm. How frequent is it that claims arise? 
you know, we don't see them as much as we used to, but in okay. you know my career that you know I've seen there there have been some where either a uh, legal description was not correct due to say a typographical error that something that got missed, then we as the title company need to go and reconvey a deed and put it on the right. pr uh, correct property. And again, we have legal counsel as Dallas mentioned, and a lot of times we'll use the local attorneys here to uh, work with us on certain items. But that's what your title insurance policy is for and your liability amount that's on there, that's what we cover up to. Mm -hmm. So that's why we work mm -hmm. with our clients and let them know what's being covered and again as we mentioned when you're getting a loan that's why that lender wants their title insurance policy that's right so that we could make sure that everything we've insured them and provided is listed on there it's quite the asset i mean we got to protect that thing there's no way that you could just out of the blue be ready to pay off uh you know a deed or a, a, a someone that was in position with your own cash and why would you i mean this is a one-time fee it's not like homeowner's insurance where you pay it every year and you renew Th that's correct that brings up a good point because we do mention to the parties the buyers when you purchase the property you get that title insurance that's good for the time the entire time you own that property that's right it doesn't renew that's the one-time fee we take care of anything that if we've missed or that's right um, the owner's you know, title that's correct the, the owner's, owner's title, title. Right. and on the lender's policy just to mention on that if yeah. i can is because with the interest rates changing, we'll see people refinance a couple of times yeah. in um, you know in just a couple of years. I've had somewhere three times in like two years right. they're refinancing, and and you're going with a different lender. So just because you refinanced last year and that lender obtained their title policy, right. your new lender is going to require a title insurance policy to pro protect them as the lender because. They don't know, and we don't know from when you last refinance until now, you could have put a second, a third, some line of credits on mm -hmm, there. Mm -hmm. So a new title search must be done and a title policy to ensure that lender That's good. for their position. That's a really good point. You know, we're getting to the top of the hour here. We're not going to take a break yet, but we are going to get into the meat, of, meat and potatoes of our conversation today, which is going to be how to vest, why to vest a certain way. Um, before we take the commercial break, though, I just want to have any other callers call in, 543-8830. Uh, Again, 543-8830. If we're striking a chord or hitting on something that you might be thinking about regards to title, please call in. You've got a title officer here, escrow officer, excuse me, and an attorney sitting here. Um, might be a good conversation for everyone else to hear. I have a question. Please, Jay. I've been annoyed recently by these cash call commercials. I'm <laughs> sure you've heard them. Um Oh, I heard it again this morning on the way. Let's uh, hear it. No, I'm not. Jim, gonna, do you have one? I'm of not going to do it again. <laughs> no, no, let's not do that. Longer, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. But Jay. one of the things they're talking about, and, and I'm just curious about this because you said a title policy, that lender's policy, isn't good for multiple transactions. Um, in their do-over refi, whatever that is, would would they be allowed to use that same policy again if it's the same lender and it's within a certain period of time? Probably not, right? I mean, no, that that's correct because when you refinance, you're going to get a different loan amount or a different type so, of transaction. So even so in the do-over refi, you'd have to have yeah. new title insurance. That's right. Okay. That see, and it's not you as the actual owner. You own it. You still have your sure. policy. It's the lender. Even if it's the same lender, you're going to refinance. That lender will still want the title policy because they again, right. they're going to want to know what other what's transpired after that. Yeah. Dallas, any off the top of your head situations where um, an owner... Wait, Mike. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on. We have a caller. 
Larry in Atascadero. Larry, you're on the air. What's happening? Yeah, I was calling about uh, title insurance and uh, good timing. But possibly, and uh, there's more than one type of title insurance. And I've known people that have had issues arise with property boundaries and fences that aren't where they should be in later years, and uh, take it to uh, try and try and resolve disputes. And standard title insurance doesn't okay. uh, cover that. Okay, before we answer, Larry, I just want to let you know ahead of time, because I feel bad for Brent, our last caller. We have to take a commercial break at 10 o'clock. That's in two and a half minutes. So two minutes, I've been reminded. Um, so we're going to, you're saying title insurance doesn't always fig, uh, help protect against all disputes. Is that what you're saying? And that's correct. I've, uh, I've known people that have uh, purchased properties okay. and had standard title insurance. Years later, they go and get survey, and they find that fence lines are on their property, and they try to relocate them, and they've lost their cases, and their title insurance didn't cover them in that case because it wasn't the right type of title insurance hmm. to deal with that. And so uh, in that type of a instance, they've lost land because they couldn't relocate the fence because prescriptive rights. Okay. Well, Larry, we probably would need more information to get into that. I know for a fact dealing with Placer Title, is there a company that wants you to come in and meet with them, talk through these matters? I know you don't have this matter, but where you do title is important because you want to have a relationship with that company. That's correct. That's correct. And also, too, a lot of times we may have to go out and get a surveyor to go check the property, okay. so it varies. Yeah. Larry, thanks for calling. we got to take a break here, okay? Um, we got one minute left, and so as uh, once again, we're going to get into after the break um, vesting. Vesting is so important, not just for the first-time home buyer or the new married couple, but also for entities. That's correct. Trusts, there's, there's, yeah, we'll LLCs. discuss into. That's correct. All the different entities, ways yeah. to hold title, um, and we're seeing a lot of more savvy parties coming into transactions. Okay, good. Well, listeners, stick around. Get us, get yourself another cup of coffee. We'll be back on Mortgage Matters. And what we should probably say before we before we go is you can call in at 543-8830. Again, 543-8830. Um, Jay, Sir. before we take a break, any other, uh, any other comments we want to make regarding interest rates in 10 seconds or less? No, that's not enough time for me. You know I need minutes to talk. Minutes, Jason. Grody. Yeah, guys, we're going to do this break. It's like a five-minute break. So go water the dog, get some fresh coffee, do what you got to do. We'll be back in a short break here with more Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. back welcome back everyone to the last hour of mortgage matters we have a full house here today i got banished over to the side room <laughs> yeah uh jim i love it when you play that song from where i'm sitting right now i see 
all you heads in there, and as soon as it starts, they all start moving. The power power of music. Um, You'll hear a new voice this hour. We have Julie. uh, Julie, help. Opine. Opine, thank you, from Plaster Title. Um, she's a sales manager and also works directly with Rosanna on a day-to-day basis. She's throughout the whole county. Um, we'll give her a chance to talk here uh, real soon. We just we had a quick little chat here um, during the break. We want to make sure we get back to Larry and Atascadero. Larry, is a great question. Sometimes it's not always the greatest timing. We have to get to our sponsors. So I'm going to have Dallas Mosier just kind of fill in and chat uh, not just to you, but to all the listeners about your question with title insurance and how it covers. Yeah, yeah with Larry's question was kind of, uh, you know, what if I have a situation that's not covered by uh, the title insurance? There are policies that aren't going to cover certain things like lot line disputes. And so basically it, it those are situations that are unfortunate, but you can protect yourself in much the same way that you protect yourself um, with the title insurance in the first place is, you know, if you're buying land, maybe a survey, especially if it's land that's been parceled out a long time ago. You know, you want to go out there, you you visit the property. Even Placer was saying that they go out and send people to look at the properties, you know, maybe get a survey. I had a call the other day. Um, interestingly enough, on the East Coast, uh, attorneys handle title. And so we've got a lot of people that have been moving to the area. They'll call us and they say, hey, we're about to buy this house. We need an attorney to help us review the property. And yeah. we get to tell them, no, that's not how it works here. But they'll say, hey, I have a concern about um, the uh, survey that was done. And so those are the types of things where the attorney jumps in in California that could say, hey, maybe we'll help you negotiate to get the fence moved or share costs or things like that before it kind of turns into a a huge matter. But you can imagine that if the fences have been there, the lines drawn a long time ago, that people get pretty uh, set in their ways. Oh, yeah. Or or not just set in their ways, but they would have... um, uh, rights to continue to use that that property and there are there are situations where you can lose the property as as Larry mentioned the prescriptive rights but really you know try to be proactive look at the property you yeah. know get a sense for have informal surveys go out and walk the property yeah. and kind of figure out um, those ways of protecting yourself yeah and you bring up a good point I mean the reality is you know these neighborhoods they live with each other for a long time Someone acquires a new property. Maybe they're a savvy individual. They just like to research, and they say, "Hey, uh, my property line is actually further this way, and I'd like to build my fence out to your. I'm going to yeah. cut your lemon tree down, and I don't want to be a jerk, but this is my property. And you're the new guy in the neighborhood now. That's like, oh, you know, did you meet so and so? He's he's, he's trying a, to knock down he, my fence. And he's my the guy tree. that's knocking down fences and disturbing yeah. the apple right. cart. Yeah, it's awkward, but it's your property. Yeah, yeah, and, and, so and that's the thing. The right as soon way. as you as soon as you learn about it, you know, there's a lot of different approaches. Probably involving the attorneys right away, mm-hmm. um, and sending you know nasty letters isn't mm-hmm. the best strategy. But you definitely want to talk to an attorney that's familiar with this, and they can help you kind of craft a strategy for approaching the neighbors. Right. Um, you know, we've had we've actually even had personal friends that have uh, got some more land because they did a survey and discovered that hey, the city had shorted them on one of their access roads, and so right. they got to move their fence back and so it's not always a bad story you do sometimes get to take land from the city and and we see that as dallas mentioned therefore the easement deeds come into play and we receive those through the title escrow company and get those recorded to make that shift for the property and julie i I think you heard while as you were getting here but there um you know the thing is i mean placer title does a really good job of making sure that their their title policy covers the majority of things, but every insurance policy has exclusions. 
Yes, they do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's just natural. And you're going to find, especially in this county, that um, most of the property lines aren't actually the property lines. I mean, it's 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 going to be, um, you're going to have a lot of lines that are going to be off, even in within city limits. Um, unless it's a new subdivision, um, you're going to find that there are a lot of, um, and it might just be, you know, a foot or two off, and, or it could be a... You know, could be an acre off if it's acreage. So oh, there's yeah. there is a lot of um, inaccuracies to where those fence lines go down and where the property boundaries are. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I think we ought to get into it, Jay. You ready to talk about vesting? Yeah, I have a couple questions about vesting that I'm just sitting over here waiting to ask. Okay. Well, uh, do you want to start with a question, or should we just uh, start with some definitions? Because I honestly can't say I know all the other vesting options. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, hey, it's your world, buddy. I'm just living in it. Over I, in the like side to, room over here. I'd like to hear a question from you, Jay. They're always very good. I just think some of our listeners may not know all the... Well, I think a great jumping off point, though, is what we were talking about earlier, Mike, is uh, clients come to us for yeah. help, Brilliant. you know, and we start with oftentimes the most simple of things, but, you know, we work on this, we work on that, we get the credit and income and assets all the way to the point where now we've helped them get a real estate agent and now they're buying their dream home and then That's they right. show up with a piece of paper and it says, hey, I got to now figure out how I'm going to take title. Am I joint tenants? Am I tenants in common? Um, we're engaged. Should we get married first? We're right, right, married. Do we right. want to be community property or husband and wife? Do we need right of survivorship and who's allowed to have that? Yeah, it gets really complicated really yeah. quick. And I think the, for the most part, we've all been encouraged as professionals to kind of just back away and go, oh, the, you're going to have to figure out how to satisfy yourselves in that because I can't tell you that you guys need to be husband and wife with right of survivorship or something like that. Yeah. So how, what is the best way to navigate that? Yeah. And I guess at the same time, understanding a little bit about those different nuances of how somebody might vest. Yeah. If I can go on that, because Please. then I'm going to turn a portion over to Dallas because we then refer them to their attorney as well. So you too are of the, I can't really hold your hand and tell you how to do this. Right. What we do at Plaster Title, we provide to our buyers a package. And we have a lot of information for home buyers as well. And part of it is we mentioned to them that, um, again, there's different ways to hold vesting. As you mentioned, there's the husband and wife as joint tenants with the right of survivorship. There's the community property um, trust and so forth. So we provide them with the inf information, definition on some of them. But again, depending on their also tax bracket mm -hmm. and plans for the future, wow. it could affect a different way. Yeah. As, um, as there's different tax bases also upon the death of a party. So we want to let them know to look at you know, all options. Yeah. And again, there's also trust, which we'll get into in a little bit. That's but right. again, depending on the lenders, uh, there's certain ways you can borrow and hold title and then have to kind of change, uh, Right. change that. But for example, uh, long ago, we used to see the joint tenancy uh, that was a joint tenant right of survivorship. You have a husband and wife, or you can also have two unmarried people. A lot of times you'll have maybe a mother and a son and, sure. and they hold the title uh, as the joint tenancy in that event. If something happened upon death, the interest to that property automatically had passed to the surviving party or the surviving spouse. But we now have the community property 
with also community property and the community property um, with right of survivorship. Just to mention the community property, uh, that's between married persons, husband mm-hmm. and wife. The joint tenancy, you do not have to be married. You can have unmarried people. John Smith, an unmarried man, and Betty Jones, an unmarried woman, mm-hmm. and their joint tenancy. There's also what we call tenants in common or tenancy in common, where you can have multiple buyers and they have their undivided interest. Uh, maybe have three parties, one third, one third, one third. Okay. So you can break off your interest, you know, as well for individuals. But again, there's different um, tax implications, which I'll, you know, let Dallas kind of touch on in legal. Yeah. Yeah. For for yeah. each of those types of vesting. So you have a number of different types of vestings and there's, there's consequences at various stages of the relationship between the owners. Right. So there's what are the rights of the various vestings during lifetime of the owners? Um, what if there's a dispute? What if there and what if one of the owners passes away? Right. So there's going to be different types of rights that come with each type of ownership. And so when you're handed a form that says, hey, check a box, it's kind of a very loaded form because there are consequences to doing things. Totally. You know, most of the investors that we'll see uh, that we work with will know um, a lot of times at the last minute where forming they've you know signed a purchase contract in their own name and yeah. to confuse the issue we have them form an LLC uh, right at the last minute assign the escrow close in the LLC um, and again that's probably not involving banks at that point so you saw my eyebrows go up yeah <laughs> I know most they should they should always not use their money to invest I but uh, well there is ways to lend to LLCs we, we will okay. save that maybe for, for later in time. the show but yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so there's a lot of loaded questions in that, and so you know, you guys um, as either the escrow company or the mortgage lender probably aren't going to be able to go through the background and kind of discuss all of those different things with the the owners. And so um, you know, there's a lot of attorneys locally uh, that can help you answer those questions. The the guide that Plaster gives out, I was looking at it, it has some very good kind of high-level guidance that could probably Mm -hmm. steer you to the right direction. Yeah, the matrix, Um, yeah. Yeah, the matrix of ownership. And so, you know, uh, like we're talking about, so we have the the most common types of ownership. You know, if you're owning with people, you got to decide, well, what what do I want to have happen when one of us dies? Sure. You know, that's kind of where you start the conversation and you need to have that discussion of what do you want to have happen and then that kind of can help. Yeah drive us in the right direction for vesting. Yeah, and if I can mention also that what we do mention to the parties is that you can change your title. Um, You can change the way you hold the title later on by having a grant deed prepared and recorded. So a lot of people will see them just come in with the joint tenants because they're not sure and they thought, okay, that's what we're going to do. And later they'll meet with their attorney and say, you know what, we need to form a trust. We want to have a trust agreement and we're going to um, put our property into the trust. So if that does, you can do the deed later on, which your attorney will take care of, the deed will record, and your property will then vest out of the joint tenancy or the community property and into your actual trust. Mm. Yeah. And then one thing I'd like to mention um, is I think it is really, really important to go to your attorney to have these documents drawn up because what we see on the back end of the title searching is um, a lot of inaccuracies that are done when people just say, I'm just going to go down and record my own document deeding from myself to whoever. And just they start, they start clouding the title when they start doing their own documents and it's not done to what they want 
to have the outcome be. Okay. Yeah. So okay. that's something that's really, really important. I think um, people think they can prepare their own documents and it's not as simple because there are consequences on the outcome if something does happen to one of the surviving parties. Right. And if right. I could also add, as Julie mentioned, for example, I'll just throw out trust when parties say, oh, we'll go online, prepare our own document, and they have the Bob Smith Trust. So they're going to put the title, the Bob Smith Trust. Okay. They don't realize they need to put Bob Smith Trustee. There are certain ways you have to vest to make the title a valid Title. Right now we're getting into what would be considered seasonal ownership, right? Like if you have an individual who's not listed in the trust, but who has all the while owned the property, you know, they pay, make the payments, they live in the house, but they're not in the trust. I, I can't just willy nilly and chime in here, Jay, if I'm, if I'm deviating, but I can't just willy nilly lend, do a refinance for that person because they haven't shown ownership. I'd have to then remove that individual from the trust so that I could lend that individual money based on their their borrowers, um, their qualifications as a borrower. And then at that point, they can decide whether they want to put the title back into the trust or keep it as themselves. And I might not have explained that exactly the way I wanted to, but what we see, Jay and I see, is people have owned po uh, properties, various properties in trust, and they want to refinance to pay off a sibling or you know refinance in general just because the rates are better and they want to do that in such a way that it, it becomes complicated um yeah that's true mm -hmm. yeah i i mean for us it's easiest for us to do a transaction for somebody where they're vesting as an individual um that's kind of hangover from yesteryear where the none of the doc drawing programs could put the trust information on the closing docs so you'd have to print them out and get a typewriter and go back and type all of that information in there it's not totally that way anymore but when somebody wants to take title in a trust then we've got to evaluate the trust oftentimes getting an, an attorney opinion letter it starts to grow the cost makes the the process a little bit longer a little bit harder and so I find oftentimes is that it's sort of accepted that you're going to, all right, so you're in the trust today. We're going to make a loan to you as an individual. So you're going to grant deed to yourself as an individual. And then immediately thereafter, you can, um, again, do a deed to put yourself back into the trust. Mm -hmm. um, is, there, is that ill-advised? Is that the right way to do it? So, and this is a question that Mike and I had discussed kind of previously off air, uh, with that situation, so yes, the banks can lend to trust what they want to know. The reason that I think that they don't, or one of the customs of why they don't lend to trust is because they would have to look at the trust. Is it valid? Can the trustee borrow? Are, are they allowed to encumber the property of the trust? And that does increase the cost. Nobody wants to pay for that. So the practice has been take the, tr take the property, deed it out of the trust, have an individual borrower and deed it back. The problem that we see and it mm. happened last week, is the property doesn't get deeded back into the trust. And so the whole point of the trust was to avoid probate or avoid having to go to right. court and make sure that it can transfer to your family. But now you haven't put it back in the trust. You know, it's 10 years later, and hopefully people are looking at their estate plan and kind of just like their financial plans and things, looking at it and saying, oh, we never put this back in. So that's it. I mean, I, I try to remember to keep my eye on the ball here in terms of the show. Who's listening? What value are we adding? This is a great time, I think, to pause and remind everybody that um, if you do a trust, if you expect your property, your bank accounts, and all the, the reasons you have a trust, if you expect that 
um, you're doing that for purpose, especially for estate reasons, um, it's a really good idea to go back through and make sure that everything actually is in the trust. We find that quite a bit. People come in and say, oh, I'm in the trust. And we pull it up and say, well, you're not. And, and yes, you were. You were seven years ago. And then when you got your new loan, you, you then weren't. And so um, really kind of just a, a, a cry out to everybody, even if you feel pretty sure your property's in a trust, it's not hard to verify. And it's a really good idea to do so. Like you, you mentioned, some people think they're in a trust and they're not, and then they die. And now all of a sudden everything they thought they put into place actually is providing no protection at all. And yeah, absolutely. Not good news. There's there, you know, fortunately there's some good case law that has come out. So a lot of times we're not going through a full probate proceeding. If the property has been out of trust, Mm. um, because what the courts want to do is they want to affect your intent, but you don't want to be going to court and dealing with delays and costs and everything when, you know, the cost of recording a deed in County is Mm -hmm. less than 50 bucks. And the cost of preparing a deed is relatively inexpensive to the $435 court filing fee that you're going to have to pay. Um, if it's not put back in the trust. Yeah. Very good. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, we're going to hit on a couple more examples of vesting. I'm going to actually throw a couple, just one or two. Um, real scenario that I want to talk about, which is Jay's uh, got a real scenario. Yeah. Well, a, a situation where a, a son inherited property from his parents <laughs> and then he got married and now he's attempting to put his wife on and maybe take himself off I've and got... their taxes are like a hundred bucks a year. So that'll, that'll be an interesting one. I think, and people Ooh. will want to hear about yep. how you navigate that without right. losing your tax base. And yeah, got, that's a good. Yeah. And I've got one with a new first time home buyer about to get married. So stick around after the break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. We're here with uh plaster title and Carmel and Nakasha. We've got a really good show to wrap up for you. Okay. Stick around. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. 
This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending. Give yourself the best possible chance to buy your dream home with our 21-day close. We get you fully pre-approved before you find your house so you can write a shorter, easier offer and beat out the competition. It's time for you to be the offer that gets accepted. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328 you're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Raindrops are falling on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit are falling on my head they keep falling so i just did all right everybody welcome back if you're uh, just joining us shame on you you've been missing very exciting radio we've been talking about title and escrow and vesting all the fun stuff we I, talked about some lending we talked a little bit about that yeah um and again, I, I'm always really interested in knowing, um, you know, I want to talk about things that the people that are listening, like I, I like that idea that you could save somebody an awful lot of struggle just by giving them little tips. I mean, who'd have, who'd have thought that listening to the radio on Saturday morning might save you like tens of thousands of dollars or tons and tons of headaches and legal sure. battles, but that's kind of what we do here. Yep. Um, yeah. So an issue of this vesting thing, um, I, I was telling Mike early on here, um, we've had Tom Bordenaro, the, the county tax assessor. He's been on the show. We, we have him on a couple times a year, and it's always really fun to have him on. Um, it's, it's amazing to me how approachable he is, as well as the as the staff there at the county tax assessor's office. They're so helpful. Um, and the guidance they always give us is to ask mm-hmm. before you do anything. Um, so... That's going to be one of the biggest things that I want to stress today to everybody is um, don't go do anything. We've touched on this a little bit. Yeah. Don't don't just go change your vesting. You might not do it right. Um, be careful coming in and out of your trust. Somebody might drop the ball. You might not get back into it the way that you need to be. Um, and then here's another big one is you might just monkey around with your vesting and uh, lose your tax base. And in this case that, you know, I want to talk about in a minute here, if you've inherited property where there's a tax, a tax base transfer from father to son or grandfather to grandson, I mean, some of these, we see a house in slow, that's a $700,000 house where the guy that owns it with his prop 13 tax base is paying like a thousand bucks a year. It's crazy. And if you go buy that house today, you'll be paying $7,000 a year. And those taxes really go on forever, right? So you can't even calculate what the damages are of screwing that up. It's like infinite. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so that's really, I think the big word of caution there is to, to know that you're dealing in some really serious stuff, get help where you need it. Um, don't just go assume that it is just so simple. It's just this easy little form or whatever. It's time to to slow down. And so um, 
I, I thought we could talk a little bit about that because many people be saying, well, when's that going to come up? Um, how, how am I going to monkey around on title and cause problems for myself or lose my tax base or something? I'll tell you how it happens because um, I see it happen all the time. A uh, couple buddies maybe buy a house together in college or shortly thereafter. They've been roommates. Now they have jobs. They buy a house together. Um, one of them gets married. One of them buys the other one out. They do some weird stuff with title and real simply before too long, they're like, oh, it's no problem. Just do this. And they do something weird and um, lose a tax base or get a loan accelerated where all of a sudden the lender's like, whoa, I made a loan to Tom and Jerry and now neither of them are even on title anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, They've kicked the property over into some other person's name and you know, that kind of stuff causes problems. So, um, how, how is it that somebody addresses when they need to, to add a spouse or, um, take a spouse off or take on a partner or buy a partner out? Uh, what are the ins and outs of that? What should people be doing to make sure they don't have problems? Um, if I can add on that, because in some of the refinances, uh, we'll have husband and wife on title and maybe, one of the spouses doesn't have very good credit, let's say. Sure, or switches a job. That's correct. And so the lender will say, you know what, we're only going to loan, I'll pick the wife this time. We're going to make the loan to the wife and the husband's going to have to come off title. So we'll go ahead and prepare the deed through the escrow. The county, as you mentioned, the assessor's office, they have a preliminary change of ownership form, which has the different um, reasons why the deed is being recorded. So there are certain exceptions that they have that these deeds can record without having the property taxes reassessed due to various reasons. But as you mentioned, you don't want to just go and change it because depending on how you deed, not always is it going to work that way. So there is the common spouses, you know, deeding out and then the spouse will go back into the title after the loan's done. So that's fine. But there are certain things that will trigger just because a parent's going to add their son or certain things on title Mm -hmm. that we mentioned to the parties, what you need to do is contact, as you said, the assessor's office because there's certain codes that need to go on the deed at the time of recording that will fit into certain exemptions. Aha. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded very Yiddish. Aha. There's a K at the end. There is there are there are exemptions that in Dallas probably sees that as well in some of the parties with um parent and children or they're they're just thinking they're gonna go ahead and do it. Same thing we will see towards the end of the year. There will be parties that own property that each year they're allowed to gift certain amounts of that property to add their children, but Uh, they've got to make sure they do it a certain amount, certain way with certain codes that go on the deed. Okay. So they're re-deeding every year or the the deed that that is in place allows for that? that. That's correct. Well, I have a client that comes in and every year she's got three children. She will deed a certain percent of the current property she owns because ultimately she wants off of the property. Uh, She knows she's aging, but she wants to gift a certain amount so that there's also not a certain tax implication to the children, but also for property tax purposes as well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So to to come back to to the question, I think, so, you know, a lot of times people want to do something and there's a lot of times there's a way. So you you mentioned that the the assessor's office is very helpful. They'll help you get it. There's there's a number of things where procedurally, if you don't follow the right order, you're going to have your property reassessed for property tax purposes. And and that's I just want to be clear, too, that we're talking about 
property tax and not uh, income tax or state tax or anything like that. Um, so for property tax purposes in California, you know, you figure out what you want to do. Um, so if it's buy a friend out or have, uh, you know, add a child to a deed, which um, I would be opposed to, um, but, <laughs> uh, it, you know, you're adding somebody else's liabilities to your property when you do stuff like that. But, you know, there's a definitely mm -hmm. way to do that. You've got to tell the assessor, hey, this is what I'm doing. You fill out that preliminary change of ownership form. It has lettered, you know, A through K or L, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, hey, this is the type of transfer that I'm doing. And this is why I think that it's exempt from reassessment. Okay. And then they'll, you know, say, yeah, we disagree or I need more information to decide. Right. So there's uh, parent to child exclusions that are very common. Spouse to spouse exclusions, very common use. Um, a transfer from a couple, let's just say, to their trust, it would also be excluded if they remain the beneficiaries of the trust or if it's a qualified person that's in the trust. Our office, we like to use fund names uh, for the trust, so we don't always call it the Smith Family Trust. It can be any name you want it to be as long as you don't mind having it on your title. Um, <laughs> but, the, but the assessor's office is going to call us and say, hey, we need to make sure that the beneficiaries or the current beneficiaries of the trust are the transferors. So you got to tell us a couple of these names. I mean, like Bullwinkle, is that one? Of them? <laughs> uh, bull, well, we've had, uh, you know, uh, I had an Irish client, so this one's kind of offensive, but it was an, an offshore trust, but he called his trust the Big Mick Trust. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, he didn't, Fair yeah, enough. he had Marshmallow Trust and, you know, kinds of sure. uh, Little Princess Trust if uh, there's all girls, okay. all girls, daughters in the family and that kind of thing. But, right. uh, yeah, so the, the assessor's office is great. They say, you know, you check the form and you got it, and then you have to show them, hey, this is why it's uh, an exclusion. And so, you know, you got to think that you, you can't just get away with transferring property and hope that they um, aren't going to ask because they are very good at what they do down there and they got to right. make sure, right, it's the tax base for the county. So if you do a transfer and try to kind of do it uh, around the parameters of what the exclusion allows for they're they're going to catch you and so you know talk to title talk to the county talk to an attorney about what you'd like to accomplish right and that way you can hopefully accomplish it in a way that doesn't cause a reassessment of the property tax base okay yeah if i can add because when grant deeds when deeds record that will trigger for the county assessor to go out and reassess the property so we do remind uh parties that are buying because a lot of times they'll look and see what the current tax bills are and oh god taxes are really good but we let them right. know you know what yeah, we do too we let them know that based on the purchase price that fills out on that preliminary change of ownership form there's information that go out there and the county is going to look and see what the taxes so if someone's owned it for 1960 something yeah. and now we're here you know in 2015 there mm -hmm. is going to be a jump on the property taxes so we do remind Certainly. the buyers that there will be a supplemental tax bill that the county will go out an issue that's within right. time yeah and there's uh, seven tax rates in this county is that a pop quiz uh there's a tax rate section on the secured tax bill that you can find on the tax assessor's website it shows for that property address what the actual tax rate is for the year so like 1.0444 reoccurring mm -hmm. and uh that can jump up and down based on you know roads you school. read all that stuff Absolutely. I just, I see it and I open it and I just get mad and then I 
throw it somewhere. Yeah. Just get ready to pay well, it. Well, I still, I mean, I have my bank pay it for me. So once I'm done, <laughs> I just roll it up into a ball and shoot it into my basketball hoop, which 70% of the time goes in the hoop. But <laughs> Yeah, right. No, not at all. Air ball. <laughs> Air bill. Might. We've played together. That's not true. Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> uh, shall I remind you we're on the air? <laughs> uh, what I'd like to say, one one more scenario, and this is one I'm in transaction now, and we'll close before the end of the month. I have a, it's an investment property. I have a uh, husband, excuse me, fiancés. They'll be married on Halloween, nonetheless. And uh, spooky, nice. Yeah, um, we're we're only using the gentleman's. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's the qualifying Thank borrower. You. Thank you, Jay. Uh, she's not on the uh, the loan at all, but she's on title, and they're vested as individuals, but um, community property. Excuse me, joint, joint tenants. tenants. That's mm-hmm. correct. You can have yes, you can joint yeah. tenants, mm-hmm. and then they'll get married. Mm-hmm. They'll go on a honeymoon. Mm-hmm. They'll come back, and then they can grant deed as. That's correct. They can do a deed from themselves as the unmarried individuals to themselves, husband and wife, as. Joint tenant, community property, community property with right of survivorship. Sure. Again, that's where they'll want to check with either a financial advisor or an attorney on what's the best way okay. to meet their needs. And with that for- short period of time, we're talking three weeks, there's not a, a lot of ramification for tax basis and assessment, should I say. No, and to be but, honest with you, sometimes parties, they haven't changed it. And if they're going to refinance, say, a couple years later, and when we do the title search, it's going to show Bob Smith and, and Betty Jones that they're unmarried. And, oh, gosh, we've been married for several years, and they just never did the deed. Yeah. So at that time, then through the escrow, we will prepare the deed. Was that to- an escrow joke? We've been married for several years and never did the deed? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um we're gonna. I want to make sure we carve out a, a couple minutes here for Julie from Placer Title. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When she comes back, we're gonna let her tell us the history about Placer Title. Um, very exciting. Very exciting, and why you should do more business with Placer Title here in the county. So, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk nine twenty. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. 
Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. This is Jason Grody with Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. As mortgage experts, we can help you refinance your home or investment property. We can lower your rate, shorten your term, or get rid of your mortgage insurance. Don't miss the opportunity to improve your financial situation. Call Central Coast Lending today. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing opportunity real estate broker. California Bureau of Real Estate number 018-39608. NMLS number 328-358. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Okay, hey, thanks for sticking around. You're back with Mortgage Matters. We are here for the last 20 minutes of the show. Uh, we've had a great show today. If you're just chiming in or you chimed in midstream, we've got Rosanna from Placer Title, escrow slash title officer here in San Luis Obispo County, uh, Dallas Mosier from Carmel and Nakasha, uh, estate planning attorney, also business transactional attorney, real estate attorney, yada, yada, yada. And Julie, I'm going to try to say it, Opam? Opine. Opine. From Placer Title, she's the sales manager. And Julie, just help our listeners understand who Placer Title is now because you've created some competition. There are only two other title companies in the county. Yeah, we did. Um, well, we opened um, pretty much the beginning of this year um, with um, Paso Robles in San Luis Obispo. And shortly after, we opened Cambria and then Morro Bay. So we have four offices up and running. Okay. And um, just to kind of give you a little history on Placer Title, uh, we are um, founded out of Placer County. Um, we have you been don't around. Say. <laughs> I know it's really, really uh, creative, you know, creative, creative on the marketing. name. Um, but the company's been around since 1973. Okay. Um, we are one of the largest independent escrow and title companies. Um, and pretty oh, nice. much we do slow growth. Um, we are licensed to do business in all 58 counties in California. Okay. And um, San Luis Obispo and Kern County is about far south as um, the company has come down the state. So um, pretty much Northern California, um, if you are from Northern California, you um, have done more than likely a transaction with Placer Title at okay. some point in time if you have bought and sold real estate. Um, so a lot of Northern California people are very familiar with our company. Sure. All those people know it's not called Placer Title. <laughs> it's Placer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Southern California um, people who come to the area, you know, um, although they're you know they're used to doing business with independent escrow companies and independent title companies, and that could be a whole nother show in itself. Um, talking about um, you know, because we are doing two separate functions housed in our location, which right. is issuing title insurance and doing escrow. That's impressive. And and something that is making you more attractive, I would think, to the person who's going to do a lot of real estate. So you have a partnership. I mean, not a lot of my I'm not saying you don't do business with first time home buyers, but they buy that house and they don't want to see loan docs again or deal with title again. You are probably targeting and or working with real estate investors or people who are picking up commercial properties and yeah i mean we we definitely um are targeting anybody that wants to do an escrow or title um <laughs> but um you know we we really feel like we have a very good service to offer um and we also are um, doing all our title searching in california 
which is great. It's a great thing to offer because um, some of the other companies do outsource and um, have their searching done elsewhere um, out of the country. And I think it's just really, really a great thing to say, you know, everything that we do as a company is done in California. Why does that make you different? Why does that, why would that help? Um, I think as far as the accuracy and um, I think accuracy on some of the title searching. Yeah, you know, I, I see this. We get this kind of thing a lot. I want to answer this question a little bit too. You know that feeling when you punch up numbers in the calculator and it's wrong, um, but if you're not good enough at math, you just record the answer and keep going? Uh. That's kind of what happens here with these other companies, especially the ones where like we're getting the research stuff comes from India. There's no quality there. It's like they have no idea what if the number's right or wrong anyway. They don't even know where we are. They just throw the paper in the thing and send the thing on to the other person that thought it was okay to outsource there. And then you get uh-huh. it just passed along to you. It causes real problems in underwriting, can cause a lot of delays too, especially if you have an underwriter on a witch hunt that's trying to figure out you know, why you're trying to do a loan over a cemetery or something. And you're like, I, we're not, this was just a problem. Mm. Um, there's a lot of value to working with a company like you guys. And, um, I've had a lot of experience working with your guys's company and it, it has all been really good. There's also a difference, Julie, I hope that you'll touch on this a little bit. Um, and I probably see it more than you do, but, um, there could be some real difference in the cost of title and escrow when you work with one of those companies that um, are outsourcing the title and doing private escrow or those kind of things. It, it can um, get uh, pretty expensive pretty quick. Yeah, um, it can. And um, again, if you're doing business down in Southern California, you will see fees about probably times three what they are here. Um, so they are very expensive companies to deal with. Um, and you know, one thing I would like to mention is Um, we can do any escrow in the state of California in San Luis Obispo County. So we would give the fee based on um, our county rate, even if it was out of our county. So we can do, we can search transactions anywhere in the state and give our fee and give somebody a really great deal if they owned a house in Southern California and they wanted to sell it. We can accommodate that escrow here. So if I move to San Luis Obispo because it's the happiest place on earth, but I have (laughs) business down in LA or in the Bay Area, I can come in and transact with you for mm-hmm. a property out of the county and save money? Yes, you can. Yeah, we do that all the time, too. I mean, think about all the refis we do where, I mean, we we lend in the entire state of California. And so we'll I'll open up escrow here with my favorite escrow officers and do that for an out-of-county out of property, no problem. Sometimes you might lose a little bit of time. Like, it, it's harder to do a sign this morning and record today kind of thing is you got to get that deed off to another service but sure that's not that common yeah it it's honestly i didn't realize i wouldn't i don't know that i would have said it was three times as much because i'm an exaggerator so i'm i'm trying to work on that it's at least double every time i see it i'm like dang look at you guys go they've got fees for their fees yeah this is your sixth fee fee And all the the title companies, um, you know, we have to file our fees with um, the state. So the Department of Insurance, all the title fees are filed. Um, You know, escrow fees are what you're going to see very, um, and you are going to see a little, I would say in general, um, most of the companies here are very competitive. But what what you will see um, is a lot of extra junk fees. So, you know, Uh, the junk fees. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Lots and lots of them. Not with us, of course. Right. 
Um, Julie, thanks so much for coming on the show. You're and welcome. Rosanna, this is fun. This has been really good content. I know our listeners appreciate it. Sometimes listeners don't call in because they're just, you know, sitting down taking notes. And, and sometimes you guys <laughs> feel like, I don't know if I'm going to ask the right question. You can always contact us during the week at the office, 543-LOAN. That's 805-543-LOAN. Or you can even email us or contact us through the website, which is centralcoastlending.com. I'd like to hop in here real quick and say, too, that uh, many times when people sell their house or if they are refinancing their house, um, you, you yield your ability to choose title and escrow. It's, it's often, oftentimes dictated in the contract who, um, you know, what agent has a better relationship with whatever escrow officer, or title officer, or whatever. Um, but know that consumers can actually drive that, participate in that. You don't have to do yeah. what the other realtor uh, demands. For example, when I bought my house a few Very years back, um, of course, I've been in the business here locally for 16? 14 years oh, or yeah. something like that. And um, I mean, so I have a pretty good handle on who I like and who I don't and who I'm willing to work with and who I am not willing to work with. And so... I counteroffered that um, must open escrow with so and so thing. That was one of my counteroffers. Nope, not doing that. This is who I'll do it with. And so I just want to remind all of the uh, homeowners and would be homeowners out there that you have some ability to dictate that. So if you're getting driven off to uh, a private escrow company that is going to have, um, as we just learned, possibly triple the fees, um, you can absolutely negotiate that term. And, um, you know, it, it, for everybody that's listening, I want to remind you, too, by the way, these three folks that came in today uh, don't generally work on Saturdays. Yeah. So they've taken some yeah. time here. Yeah. All right. The lawyer does. Maybe the lawyer does. Well, if we He's were all making 400 bucks an hour, we'd work on Saturdays, too, bud. Uh, You're going to get your bill later. Hey, I'm charging Mike 500. So Perfect. We're now eight minutes over the hour with Dallas. It's yeah. But point being, though... When you appreciate, you know, the information that's provided here today, know that these gals are, uh, I mean, you guys are hardworking. Not only are you knowledgeable, but you're taking your time to come do something like this on a Saturday. We certainly appreciate it. Very much so. We hope that the people that are listening recognize that. And if you need help, it's not just uh, purchaser refinance. Yeah. Um, other things coming in for notaries, estate stuff, those kind of things. Um, so if anybody is today requiring the services of title or escrow who should they call placer title company and oh. rosanna would we would we be able to call you directly would our listeners be able to talk to you oh or yes you there... know any questions that you have if you're in process of buying maybe selling um you know i work with uh, first-time buyers for sale by owners you mm -hmm. know agents um you know, just call. We can answer questions, get things done. And as you were talking about, like on weekends, a lot of times I have borrowers that just can't make it in during the daytime, working hours to sign their loan documents. So I'll come in on the weekend and sign them Good. up on their loan docs. What is the number that we would call to reach you? You'll want to call us at 540-5044 Placer Title. And how could we email you? You can email me at, um, I'm Rosanna Medeiros. It's, so it's Ro it's R-M-E-D-E-I-R-O-S at plastertitle.com. Perfect. I want to give our other guest, Dallas Mosier, a quick second to recap, uh, tell us about his company. And I want to thank him also for coming. We couldn't complete this full show today without having the attorney present. Uh, thank you, Mike. And I'll send you the bill. Thank you. Okay, good. Um, so yeah, so Carmel and Nakasha is a local law firm that's been around uh, 
the the founding partners have been around for a long time. Uh, we've been together for ten years. Uh, handle all kinds of transactions in the county, from real estate, land use, uh, business transactions. You know whether it's forming, buying, selling uh, companies. Uh, I also personally for the a lot of the estate uh, estate plans for our business owners to kind of address these issues and say, hey, you know how how should we plan for your family with your business and with your real estate. Uh, the other thing that we'll do, excuse me, is uh, litigation re- related to these disputes. Yeah, so okay. if, if you know, a lot of times we'll work with a family or a, a business, and if it does devolve into a suit, then we can work with them to resolve that so they don't have to go out to another firm um, and kind of re- have that firm relearn who they are at a greater cost. Um, so we provide full service to the clients on, you know, basically cradle to grave on their, their business and yeah. real estate projects. Yeah. So. I have a uh, professional and personal relationship with Dallas, a really, really strong presence in the community. If you're looking to build an estate plan or, you know, you're looking to pass wealth, I think it's a really good idea of contacting him. He's sharp as a tack, but also he's the type of person that is going to walk you through multiple scenarios. Dallas, how would we reach you? Uh, so we can be reached through the website. It's uh, Karnak Law, so it's C A R. N-A-C-L-A-W dot com or 805-546-8785. And I also tend to have a unique name. So if you do search Dallas and San Luis Obispo, I tend to come up. So Right. Very good. Thank you guys for coming. I really appreciate it. We're going to try to put down the landing gears, Jay, and bring this baby home. What do you say in the next five minutes? What do we have to look forward to next week? You are like an early finisher, dude. What is with you trying to stop five minutes early? It's not good for radio. I'm not trying to stop. We I'm have just to saying keep the tower on... has given us clearance. Yeah, I'm all stressed out over here. Yeah. We got to uh, just keep on keeping on. Okay. Um, now you just set the Here's... stage for like a full-blown five-minute uh, wind-down here. So let's do I... our best to stretch that. I... Um, I... I... I'm interested in how you handle this, Jay. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, hey here's, a, here's a perilous situation for you to be in now. Let's watch you with the hot rock. Appreciate that, Mike. Um, I don't have opportunity uh, to talk for five full minutes often, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Uh, I, I I would use this five minutes to share with you guys that um, not all lenders are equal. Um, it, it's a situation where depending on the company and their appetite for risk and what they are and aren't comfortable with, um, it means that. Basically, every bank you look at is going to have things that they excel at and things that they really shy away from. Since it's unpopular to, to throw out on the table that we don't like to do these kinds of things, um, it, you won't find that kind of honest speak from lenders typically. Uh, the structure of our company is very purposeful. Uh, we work with close to 50 investors where we can search that full array of products to find the companies that not only offer the product you want, but actually really want it in their door. That's where you find the best pricing and terms. That's where we have the most success working with borrowers maybe that have some issue, be sure. it uh, employment, uh, you know, continuity issues or a, an ability to calculate income in a certain way. Maybe a, a lower right. credit score, find banks that have lower minimum credit score requirements. So so I really feel like we're positioned best in our company to be able to uh, fit people into the programs that they need. 
And also, I'd go on to say that if you don't need any of that special accommodation, um, we also have lenders on our roster that only work with the people that are the most highly qualified and offer those most amazing rates and fees. So let us have that opportunity to see if we can help you out. Um, If you guys need that help, one phone number rings all of our offices, which is currently Paso Robles, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Morro Bay. Uh, 543-LOAN is how you get a hold of us. I'm sure the regular listeners of this show are nauseated by the jingle and can't uh, <laughs> sleep without that number. I hear, people humming our, I hear people humming our jingle. Yeah, I heard it. I heard a person humming it in the grocery store the other day, which was pretty epic. That's awesome. Um, so 543-LOAN, which is 543-5626, or go check us out on the web. We're centralcoastlending.com. Our website uh, is like the Snickers of the mortgage world. Um, you'll be satisfied with it. Oh, wow. In that terms of all these guys here, I would like to have you guys run through your contact information one more time and uh, let people know if, if you struck a chord with them today or they need your help, how can they reach you? Um, I'd like to say um, all of our information, emails, and direct phone numbers to our offices can be found at plastertitle.com. Um, and I am based out of the Paso Robles office, and the number there is 226-4281. And then I'm, uh, again, Rosanna, you can reach me in our San Luis Obispo office at 1301 Broad Street, 540-5044. Uh, Dallas Mosier at Carmel and Nakasha. You can reach us at 805-546-8785 or on the web at karnaklaw.com. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Matters. Have a great rest of the weekend. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for coming in today, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Boom. <laughs>